Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is a repeat revisitor, most recently on our Terrence Trent Darby episode. He's been up all night listening to Mohammed's radio. Here's the excitable boy himself, comedian Jeff Johnson. Hey, Ben. How you doing? Thanks for having me back. Doing well. I almost made a reference to the song, I Was in the House When the House Burned Down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's, since that's you're good one. <laughs> so close to the California fires, but that would just mean that I'm a terrible person. That would be, yeah, it's a bad friend. That's what that would be. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that, that, that falls under too soon in uh, the comedy world. Yeah. All right. Well... <laughs> Notice I don't I don't introduce myself as a comedian, so I leave that to right, other people right. who are way more funnier and um, have more awareness than I do. So, yeah. All right. So for this episode, we have a special guest. He was a referral from one of our previous guests, Lily Hyatt. He's uh, his most recent record is called Mister Nothing. Came out earlier in 2019 and includes a song with Miss Hyatt or two. Please welcome to the podcast, Rocky Bottom. Hey there, guys. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. So so do I call you Rocky Bottom, or do I call you Alex Hernandez, your, your, your God-given name? Man, you can call me whatever you want. That's what I tell everybody, because I get that a lot, and it's just really whatever you want. I All have right. no preference. All right. So we may alternate between Rocky and Alex, so you're going to have to stay on your toes when, whenever I throw out a name, right? That's what I most commonly get, so that makes sense. All right. I'm probably just going with Rocky because I'm not smart enough to switch back and forth like that. (laughs) There you go. That would not be my strength. Right. (laughs) Good strategy. Well, the premise of our podcast is fairly simple. We talk about music, but we do, at the beginning of each podcast episode, I ask the all-important question. So what T-shirt are you wearing? Let's start with Jeff. What T-shirt are you wearing? Well, today I'm not wearing a music T-shirt. I am wearing my Washington Huskies Peach Bowl T-shirt from 2016 in honor of the last time that a Pac-12 team uh, got into the national semifinals. Uh, kind of in mourning for the, the Utes last night, uh, blowing it against uh, Oregon. My son goes to Utah, so I was kind of rooting for him to have a, have a team in the fight. But uh, that's what the Pac-12 does to each other every year. Beat each other up, make themselves look bad. Yeah. And I, I was definitely rooting for Utah because I hate the Ducks with a passion. Yeah, I hate the Ducks, too. <laughs> that's, so, that's the other reason. Uh, we probably just pissed off our two Oregon listeners. Sorry, yeah, guys. Sorry. sorry, guys. Sorry. I also hate the Portland Trailblazers. So there's that. Um, <laughs> you know. But I hate all of the NBA at this point without the Sonics. I know. I know. That's a whole other podcast episode. Yeah, I'm not doing we're, it. We're not going to go there. Uh, it's too it's too painful. All right, Rocky. Uh, how about you? What T-shirt are you wearing? I just so have to be wearing my uh, Lily Hyatt T-shirt. And oh. I told her I was going to wear it. I have about three band T-shirts. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear yours. That's awesome. You probably didn't listen to the episode where uh, where I talked about how I just saw her a couple months ago up in St. Augustine. And... I had money in hand to buy a T-shirt for both myself and for my co-host, Wayne. And all Lily had was smalls. And and I am not a small man, and neither is my co-host. Well, I just didn't buy a T-shirt. so You could have sausaged yourself into that, man. man. No. No, I I just couldn't do it. They're pretty stretchy, man. I'm wearing it now. I don't know. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, th- that's not going to be the last time I see Lily in in concert. So, yeah, I'm just yeah. going to have to put put a few uh quarters aside a month and uh yeah, we'll uh next time I see her, hopefully she has some XL. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't mean to make you jealous wearing my Lily Hyatt t-shirt. Well, you did. So, thanks well, thanks, well, thanks, thanks a lot for that. <laughs> all right well um i'm wearing uh i'm wearing a t-shirt that uh i've worn a few times on the the podcast so i'm wearing local artist hannah harbor and the lion hearts t-shirt so uh hannah just had baby number two a couple weeks ago so i'm wearing that uh, to give her some congratulations for 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 that big event so congratulations to her and thomas for that there we go. All right. Let's jump into this. So I, 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 I got to ask the, the first question. So let's, let's go with the Rocky bottom. So where, where does that, where does that moniker come from? So nowhere really, man. I was living in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and I was about to move to Nashville. And I was like, you know what, man, I'm going to, I'm going to give myself a nice fancy name before I move out there. And then, uh, with my ex-girlfriend at the time and we just kind of thought of it and I was like, yeah, man, it's going to be at Rocky bottom. And that's about it. Okay. No real, no real story to it. And I thought about, you know, all these people change their names slightly, you know, like a couple of letters here to like morph it into something. And I was like, yeah, just go, just going to dive in and just change the whole damn thing. All right. I, I wasn't sure if there was like a Philadelphia reference to, to that or, you know, some, something to that effect of, uh, rocky or you being italian or something to that effect i'm definitely not italian i'm a i'm cuban all right there you go and you said you live in nashville now correct i do yeah and it seems like everybody has a story about deciding when to pack it up and move from wherever they're at to to try their hand at nashville so what's what's your story Uh, i was just playing bars and stuff for a while and uh I'd been wanting to move to Nashville at that point for a while. And it took me like three, four years to actually do it. But, um, I don't know, man, I guess, uh, well, I, I said I had an ex-girlfriend before and when we got together six months in, we were like, screw it, let's move to Nashville. So we packed up and moved to Nashville. And then, uh, now I've been here for about five years, four and a half. Okay. So are you, are you pretty, uh, pretty much on the rotation there on the the bars and broadway or or are you uh you you relying mostly on your original stuff i do both man for broadway i do you know i mean i do the original stuff down there but i do a lot of cover stuff too but um that's the day job you know i go down there like five six times a week okay so let's talk about your record so uh you've got a lot of different genres of music on the record like it so I've heard. yeah so like it breaks my heart uh kind of has this old time jazzy feel you've got some straight up country songs like strangers at the station and you know since us music podcasters we like to place everybody into you know nice little genres so that we can lump everybody into those genres what what would you consider your genre man that's a tough question i don't know after we were done recording it, I was like, I don't even know, like, because we were talking about that, and it's just because every song is kind of different, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Alternative, I guess. It sounds cliche, but I don't know. Okay. And Jeff, you you also listened yeah. to to Rocky's record to prep for this episode. So, 
What well, what was your I, opinion? I listened to it a lot. Um, I had a gig out in uh, Palm Springs area, so I had a six hour round trip the other night. So I've been through the album about four or five times, I think, at this point in the last couple of days. I love it, Rocky man. I'm really I'm really enjoying this album a lot. I'm glad I got introduced to it. Um, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm digging it. Um, I, so so a couple of songs I wanted to kind of chime in on. Um, love to hate you, man. That's a great song. Uh, that's Lily with you right there as well, right? That's Lily. Yep, that's Lily. So good. Yeah, the back and yeah. forth. This one reminds me an awful lot of um, of uh, Johnny and June on Jackson in in terms of the sentiment. This real real peppy. You know, it sounds positive, and then when you look at the lyrics, it's like uh, go <laughs> f yourself. Yeah, that's, not so much. <laughs> which, which is great. I love it. It's just it reminded me a lot of Jackson. That's the one that kind of came to mind, and I love that. Yeah, there's some of that sentiment, uh, you know, if we wind up in heaven, send me down below, because I don't want to be wherever you end up. I, I yeah, love it. I'd rather go to hell than be in heaven with you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Um, so I like that. Right away, some people got me, um, I was singing along with the chorus like the second time, the second time I, I was listening to it, which to me is always kind of a sign of a, a pretty good song that's, that's sticking in my head, that the, I hope I'm not like them. I don't want to be, but I probably am. So that's that's another one. Um, I relate a little bit to the dive bars and tip jars, kind of that gig, you know, the gig economy type stuff. I, I have a day job that, uh, so I don't rely on my comedy, but I'm still, I, I same thing that you, you call out in the song, driving sometimes three hours to play for, you know, seven people. Uh, oh, I, yeah, man. You've done that a few times, I, I can tell from the more, song. More than a few, more than a few. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've been there a lot with comedy, um, where you kind of get you get excited. You got I got a gig out in so and so, and you promote it. And you're you know you're you're telling people about it, and you show up, and it is it's a dive bar, and there's five or six people there, and most of them aren't there for the show. <laughs> they're yeah, they're watching, you just have watching, to be there, <laughs> watching the game on TV or whatever, and they almost seem surprised that there's a uh, some sort of entertainment going on, and and then you get yeah. the whole drive home to think about it. So. Down to the Southland Fell off the deep end Spent five years on the floor And I got locked in A self-made prison I've ran so long And I can't stand to run no more And I see no reasons To change where Shit car. 
Um, the other one uh, that brought something to mind was uh, Stuntman. Um, that uh, have you have you seen uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I haven't yet. No, it's been on my list to, uh, of movies to watch. Is it good? It's really good, and your song kind of feels like it sort of encompasses the Brad Pitt character in that really well. Like it, it feels like it could be his personal theme song, which is it's really right right there right in line with it so damn dude should, i missed the boat on that one should have yeah. to those dudes yeah you should have somebody cut like a fan <laughs> video or something to it but you should watch it and see what you think in terms of that the only other one i want to ask a question about was uh mr nothing um that sounds pretty heavily personal so i'm guessing that there is a specific mr nothing it is and it isn't man it's uh so my friend a good friend was living with me he moved to nashville and uh, he had a job in a kitchen on Broadway and I walked in and there was a painting on the wall. Someone drew and said, Mr. Nothing and a little something. And it was his friend that drew a picture of him, like cartoon style, mushroom style or whatever. So I went home and I wrote it about like, kind of like he was going through a rough time. I was going through a rough time. So I had both of that, both of those things in mind. So it's a little yeah. bit mostly about me, but you know, I had some inspiration. It's interesting. Cause it sounds like you're singing it to someone else. And it, it definitely has like a, there's a sharp, a sharp edge to it that uh, I really dug. <laughs> Um, I have my own Mr. Nothing in mind when I when I listen to your song that uh, uh, kind of comes to mind. So I, a great album, man. I'm really enjoying it. I'm I'm looking forward to the fact that this is now something that I I know about and is in my rotation. So awesome, dude! Thank you. Cool. My my go to on the the record is well, besides "Love to Hate You" because you know it's got Lily on it. Um, yeah. And and she's on "Strangers on uh, at the Station" as well, right? She is not as much as Love to Hate You, but yeah, yeah she's on there. Yeah, but uh, my go-to is uh, Goner Shoes. So uh, what, what's the story behind that song? Uh, that's just, you know, getting drunk late night after uh, getting off a gig and hanging around. And when you shouldn't be hanging around and you know you shouldn't be hanging around, but you're still hanging around anyway, <laughs> you know, for <laughs> a girl or something like that, you know, just being a goner, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. And when you lose the fight, she's nowhere to be seen. But when the jackpot strikes, she's back on the scene. And I'm standing on the corner of nowhere, looking like like that one so that surprised me and not that they didn't like it i just didn't really hear much about that one that was the first so cool oh, yeah absolutely all right um so i'm going back to your to your moniker so if you have to pick just one rocky movie which one do you go with i would say which one's the one with the russian dude oh, that's oh four. rocky four i'm glad you said it. i was hoping i was hoping the whole time you would say that that's the <laughs> that's the one <laughs> that's probably my favorite that was a really good one <laughs> how, how how old are you rocky i'm 30 okay 30 so i i actually i'm 45 and when i saw that that was back during the cold war and i think i was 11 or 12 or something so <laughs> coming coming out of the theater you just felt like you could you know we're gonna beat them all so uh we're gonna oh, win man. this thing yeah yes 
I must break yeah, through. That was a cool one. <laughs> um, all right. Well, do you ever play Eye of the Tiger? Do you ever Actually, have, man, you yeah, I have. That? Yeah? I definitely have. All right. Well, freaking, yeah. now that we know that Rocky Four is your favorite, so you should totally have as your walkout to the stage music, Living in America. That's what you should do. Man, like like wrestling music, like the the songs no, that come out too. The, the the James Brown song, you know that the the whole scene where Apollo Creed is coming out, um, trying to get the the audience pumped up. The the James Brown song, "Living in America." Oh yeah, no, yeah, I know what you're talking. About. I'm saying like like an entrance song, like yeah. for a wrestler. You're saying like that should yeah. be mine. <laughs> that should be that should totally be your walkout song. Oh man, I'm gonna have to talk to some people see if I can make that happen. All right, well. Give us credit when you do that, okay? I will. <laughs> all right, all right, uh, all right. Anything, anything else you you want to chat about before we uh, we jump into the record that you chose? Um, not really, man. I okay. mean, we covered it. I have a new record out there, man. That's pretty much what I want. Go, go check you guys it. to know. Yeah, go hey, to I, listeners. I have, check it out. I have one more question on it because I really like your your cover art on this. Um, Anything about the cover art you want to share? The album art? Well, it's a guy, man. I I couldn't even tell you where he lives. He, uh, it's kind of this um, contest that you set up, oh, and yeah, you yeah, give yeah. them an idea. Have you heard of this? And like, yes, I have. Several people, several people turn in ideas, and uh, we told, we said the idea was just to have a little bit of each song on the cover, and have it all kind of one piece of art, and everyone else, pretty much. Did not nail it at all, and this guy totally nailed it. So it was just a, no, it was a, you know, no brainer, pretty much, to go with that one. It really is a, it, it is a piece of art. It, it it's uh, more than a lot of album covers, to be honest with you. It, it encompasses ideas in there, but it would be, it would work as a standalone piece on your wall or something, you know, with or without the title on. It. It's just, a, it's a really nice cover. Yeah, man, we're definitely really happy. I want to say the guy's name's Andre Kerna. Okay, I did it, but yeah, he killed it. Yeah. All right. And what did he, he win for winning? What was his? What, you, what was? How's this set up? I don't know about this system. It's monetary. Two hundred dollars. Yeah. Two hundred dollars. Two hundred bucks. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, man. Yeah, I've uh, I've I've had a couple um, local artists here in in Orlando who have used they've used that particular contest. I'm trying to remember. I've got a bookmark somewhere on on one of my one of my browsers, um, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. They and it's it's essentially I would say mostly like college kids who are trying to build up their resume, but they get some yeah. money. They get some money out of it as well. So Which is good. Yeah. And I never heard of it till uh well you guys have been talking with John, my buddy John who does booking yeah. and who does all that stuff for me and he found it. So Very cool. I was yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, um, before we transi- transition over to the record that you chose, so we, we've been asking all of our guests their opinion of Toto's Africa. So, Rocky, good or bad song? Toto's Africa. I'd say overall good. Okay. Is good this answer. is is this a song that you would cover on Broadway? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not crazy about it. <laughs> I'm not crazy about it, but I'll admit that it's a good song. <laughs> so I've been to Nashville a number of times, and and depending on which bar you walk into on Broadway, you know you you could have the 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 new country people, or you could have 
you know, the real throwbacks where, you know, they're playing just like Hank Williams and Jimmy Webb and all that stuff. So what, what usually comprises your cover list? Cause you know, you have to, you have to throw in plenty of covers. People are not going there just to hear, you know, stuff off of Rocky Bottoms uh, record, unfortunately. So they are not, you almost have to uh, trick them into listening to it, (laughs) (laughs) which I do. I've gotten good at it. There you go. So what, uh, what kind of songs are, are you throwing in your set list? Man, it's really all over the place. And uh, I kind of like, I always tell myself that I'm kind of slipping through the cracks there because there's like, you know, like you said, there's the new country and then you have to do like the classic stuff that's at Roberts. Yeah. But I literally do everything, man. I mean, I do everything from Frank Sinatra to the Misfits to uh, Hank nice. Sr. to uh, Tom Petty, man. I don't know. I mean... If you want to make everyone happy, Tom Petty's always a good bet because yeah. he's fun to play. <laughs> he's a kind of neutral ground, but um, it's really all over the place, man. I just, I definitely don't play any of that, the you know, that new country stuff. So that's kind of taken over Broadway, sadly. So no Jason Aldean in your set list? <laughs> no, man, definitely not. Well, okay, it's mostly classic stuff. I do. So let me ask you this, because my my wife and I are divided on country. She is, she's total new country person. And I've seen, I've seen a number of new country artists with her. So we, we went and saw Jason Aldean last, last summer. I've seen like Chris Jansen, Chris Young with her. Um, But my guy is Eric Church because I feel like he's more of a throwback. Um, So what's your opinion of Eric Church? I want to. I don't want to bash him because you like him, but it's just I don't know. I'm not really a fan. Uh, okay. That Springsteen song. Sometimes I could like nod my head to it. I'm a huge Springsteen fan, so yeah. But and I can appreciate it. It's just not what I'm into. I think. Okay. Um, I, I'm I, I'm with you, Rocky. It's just it's not my jam. Uh, I'm yeah. I assume you've got some Johnny Cash in you though, right? Yeah, man. Plenty of that. A lot yeah. of the older outlaw country stuff. I yeah. do like a lot of Johnny, a lot of Waylon, yeah, a lot of Willie, Merle Haggard. I'm I'm on that side of the uh, country fence as well in terms of that stuff. I, I don't have much for you. the the newer country just doesn't do anything for me. I would say I would say that if if you if you gave some some Eric a listen, you would you would have a an appreciation. He because I feel like he is trying more to be one of those outlaws. I mean, he's got a song called "Pledge Allegiance to the Hag." It's all about Merle Haggard. Um, and, and so I don't know, that's, I have a hard time with, uh, a lot of the new country. I got to tell you that I was, um, you know, going to the Jason Aldean concert. I was kind of bored with it for, for most of those songs. He's a good showman. I will give him that total, totally a good showman, but I didn't, I didn't go to go see Jason Aldean. I, I went to see. Hootie and the Blowfish, who is the the opener? So, <laughs> Jason Aldean was just a plus. <laughs> Jason Aldean was just a plus. Yep, Luke Luke Combs the- Luke Combs opened for for both of them, and he was really good. And he's and I don't know where to lump him because I feel like he's he's new country, but trying hard to be more like a Zach Brown. But I don't know. Anyways, well, it's funny you mentioned Zach Brown because I was just going to say that that's about the only country I've gone to, uh, or you know, something that would be qualified, and that was because Dave Grohl uh, blessed him. Uh, so I gave that. A sh- <laughs> I really, I did. I enjoyed that show quite a bit. Uh, you know, when he appeared on the Grohl, the Sonic uh, Highway yeah. um, documentary, 
uh, I was like, yeah, I'll give this a try. If Dave Grohl says it's worth listening to, I'll I'll give it a shot. So I, I enjoy I enjoy some stuff from him for sure. Yeah, and he's a he's a really good showman as well. Yep, yep. I have one more question for Rocky on uh, yeah. your website, and it says 2018 tour dates coming soon. So I I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> wanting to know where I can see you in 2018. Man, we're still trying to figure it out, but uh, as soon as we do, <laughs> <laughs> me and my buddy, we're working travel. on a time machine, man. So I am into that. I want to go back and see some shows then. When so, we figure it out, I'm going to definitely post about it. Okay. And, uh, all right. Do you have any shows? Uh, you know, maybe in the future as well. If we future time travel, are you? What are you doing right now, touring wise? Are you? Are you mostly just playing locally at this point, or? I got some local stuff, yeah. Playing this bar, the Cobra, here in town on the 30th. I'm leaving to do a house show for New Year's Eve. Um, I know there's dates, but I can't remember. February 25th, I'm going to be at Duke's in, I want to say, is that Cincinnati, man? I can't even remember. I got to look at the tour dates. But there's something February 25th, and uh, yeah, that's about it for now, man. All right. Yeah, well, when you come into L.A., we'll do it. You can do a house show at my place. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. I'm all about house shows. I've got a spot for it out by the pool. We can have people out here. It'd be fantastic. Hell yeah, man. I'm all about it. Let's do it. Every time I have Jeff on with with a a new guest, that's the first thing he's like, hey, I got a spot by the pool. Let's do do a house party. The weird weird thing is it'll end up just being you singing. It's just me. Just me hanging out and listening. (laughs) Hey, I've been there before, man. I've been there. I've played just about every kind of weird gig you can think of. Yeah, yeah. I'll do I'll do comedy for you. You play music for me, and then we'll swim. It, yeah, I'm all I don't think it. I'm I don't I don't think I'm selling it well, to be honest with you. You're, you're, you're not. You're not. Yeah, this is all right. This is this is territory of dive bars and tip jars right here. It's, it's, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely there. But we can get a crowd, man. We could do it. Let's get it together. Let's right. uh, do something. All hey, right. I always say as long as there's one person there, I mean, so you'll be that one person. We'll get more. I'll get more. I'll figure out. We'll fill it up. Let's one one person with the checkbook. That's all that matters, right? That too. Yeah. Yeah. That helps. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Rocky, tell us what record you chose to revisit for this episode. All right. I chose Warren Zevon. Well, Warren Zevon's the name of the record. So, yeah, Warren yeah. Zevon. <laughs> and it's technically his second record, but, uh, you know, it's better than the first one by a lot, in my opinion. Yeah. So. You know, I still haven't. I still haven't listened to the first record just because I don't, I don't know if I want to taint my, my opinion of Warren Seafon based off of everybody who's told me, yeah, there was a reason why he kind of disappeared for a number of years. Cause that first record came out in what, like 69. Yeah. And then it took a while for the other one to come out. It wasn't 69. I thought it was maybe a little later. Maybe not. No, I, th- I think it was 69, 70. Um, well, yeah, because the other one didn't come out for like six or seven years later. Six years, right? Seventy-six, right. I think, it came out. Yep. Uh, so, so the Warren Zevon self-titled. So this is second studio album. It was released on May tenth of nineteen seventy-six on Asylum Records, which um, uh, that was uh, a a lot to do with Jackson Brown, who became a champion for Warren Zevon. Um, he essentially. Talk David yeah. Geffen into into signing Warren and yeah. Jackson is of course all over this record because he produced it and yeah. plays piano on on I think one or two tracks he provides some some vocal harmonies 
um, yeah. and, and plays a slide guitar on, on one track as well. Yeah, he had a lot to do with it. A lot of he had a lot of people that had a hand in that one. I think Stevie Nicks was on there, right? Oh and yeah, like Don Henley. Yeah, we'll 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 go through, we'll go through some of the personnel as as we uh, as we go through here. But um, yeah, Jackson Brown definitely brought in some of his folks. Um, yeah. some of the the other harmonies are provided. The credits that I saw was that it was called the Gentleman Boys. And and then when you look at the gentleman boys, consisted of Jackson, consisted of Jorge Calderon, who Jorge would end up playing, I believe it was bass for Warren much later in his career, and uh, other people was Wadi Wachtel and J.D. Souther. That was part of this quote unquote gentleman boys. So not 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 a bad little. Uh, backing backing vocal um no. there for you so so let me ask you this how did you how did you get introduced to warren zevon it was a long time ago i was like 19 i think and uh a buddy of mine i was living with my buddy john he uh a friend of his at work gave him that greatest hits cd you know the one with him like with a skull smoking a pipe oh yeah i've got that one yeah yeah genius so he gave him that cd yeah genius that's what it's called and uh, he gave it to him, and then uh, he showed me Excitable Boy, and I was like, whoa, that's a good song. And then uh, I was kind of like just in and out of it. like, And then, you know, I'd listen to a lot of it, and then I wouldn't. And then, like, I hit a point where I was like, all right, like, I'm, I want to know everything that this guy does. And then yeah. now he's one of my favorites. So so bringing up the, the fact that uh, Excitable Boy was kind of your introduction to 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 warren why why pick this self-titled record instead of excitable boy because i think for for most zevon um for most passive zevon fans they would say excitable boy is probably their favorite just because you know that's the one that has werewolves of london has roland the, the headless thompson gunner accidentally yeah. like a martyr i mean lawyers guns and money i mean that that record is stacked so i i, I resent that passive fan thing that's my favorite <laughs> album <laughs> all right that and well, the, that's my favorite the wind is my second favorite I, those are my favorite albums so yeah. i was i'm a i'm a big zevon fan and uh i resent being called a passive fan oh, okay well my my apologies i'm not trying <laughs> not trying to step on any toes all here. right all right yeah. Um, cause I, I, so my introduction to, to, to Zevon was the first time that I ever heard Zevon was there's a scene in the color of money, which is Tom Cruise, Paul Newman, where Tom Cruise is playing pool and he's singing along to werewolves of London. That was the first time I'd ever heard of Zevon. And I, and the person that I saw it with was a couple of years older than I was and I was like, oh, I really like that song. Who was that? And he's like, oh, that's Warren Zevon. And um, he said, remind me, I'll, I'll let you borrow my copy of Sentimental Hygiene. And this was 87, probably. Um, and I absolutely fell in love with that record. And that was really his comeback because he had, he had been dropped by asylum. 
I'm trying to remember what label Sentimental Hygiene was on. I think it was on Virgin. And that record was awesome. And I and I never really looked at the personnel. So the backing band for Sentimental Hygiene is mostly R.E.M. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but there's also Ben Montench is on there. I think Mike Campbell plays a couple different uh, times on, on that record as well. I know both of them played on uh, a subsequent record. I think Mr. Bad Example, I think both Mike and Ben Mont are, are on that, that particular record. But that was kind of my introduction. So, so sentimental hygiene is still, um, to, to use the word, it's my sentimental favorite just because that was my introduction. And I would probably say that uh, Excitable Boy, Jeff, is probably my second. Yeah. yeah. But I do love the uh, wind. My, I do love the wind. The wind, the, the wind is amazing. Uh, it's just, it's, it's a really incredible, it's so personal, too. Um, you know, obviously, as he's feeling death approaching, it's a pretty, pretty amazing uh, album. Yeah, it's a deep one. Yeah, yeah, that one still, I can't listen to uh, keep me in your heart for a while without tearing up, literally oh. tearing up every time I hear it. <laughs> yeah, um, man, you feel that one. Did 100%. you? It's, it's pretty crazy. Did you watch the video that I posted on the Facebook page this week? Uh, I didn't see it. Um, so it's it up. so it's Eddie Vedder with Paul Schaefer doing "Keep Me in Your Heart." Wow! Okay, oh, I'll have to check that out, dude. Get the hankies ready because Vedder kills yeah. it. Kills it. Yeah, and Letterman was a big Letterman was a big fan. Uh, he filled yes. in a lot of times for Paul Schaefer. Uh, he did a whole episode. So Letterman was a big champion of Zvons as well. So it doesn't surprise me they did it on there. Uh, yeah, I those are great. At some point, but I don't remember. Yeah, right before he passed, Letterman had him on for a whole episode. And one of yeah. my one of my mantras in life, I got from that episode because Letterman asked him. You know, any advice that you have to give for, you know, people now that you're looking death in the face? And he said, enjoy every sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. So good. He said, not if, not unless I know that you were supposed to enjoy every sandwich or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's good stuff. He did the Hindu love gods with the uh, REM obviously as yep. well. Yep. Um, so he had a big tie to REM, uh, and uh, I was actually I, I, I saw I saw REM at the Hollywood Bowl uh, a couple of days after he died, September 10th of 2003. Uh, and they did a little bit of a tribute to him there awesome. as well. Yeah. 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 Is anyone's favorite Zevon song on this record? So if Rocky George's. Is. Is? OK. Yeah. So we won't we won't give that away. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> we'll, we'll save that. Uh, so, Jeff, what's uh, what's your favorite? Oh, it's keep me in your heart. That's it's it? my absolute favorite. Yeah, oh, 100%. I just think it's um look, when it comes to comedy, when it comes to music, when it comes to all those things, I love art, I love things that are, you know, made up and storytelling and all that stuff, but when it's when you get to something that is so unbelievably personal, those are the things that hit me. And and again, that's why I'm guessing if I know the song on this one that's Rocky's favorite, it's also probably incredibly personal. And and those are the songs that hit me the most. And so the idea of him staring mortality in the face and essentially giving advice to the people who are staying behind, um, that that man that just grabs me and rips at me yeah. in, in a way that that uh, you know. And 
for whatever reason, it was it was you know almost two years after my my grandpa passed that that album came out. But that's the song that immediately I would think about him uh, when I started hearing it. Uh, that idea that uh, just because I'm leaving doesn't mean I love you any less and all that. It's it's really poignant to me. So that that one still always grabs me, which is funny because it's uh, the the big reason why I like Zevon and and why I like. Um, excitable boy is i love his wry humor and that's not really present in my favorite song so much oh. um and, and i think he's a great humorist uh who you know with a lot of the stuff the roland and excitable boy and uh you know poor poor pitiful me those are the things i really uh, enjoy is that that humor aspect and and in my favorite it's not really there so yeah i i love the humor aspect which is why lawyers guns and money would be my yeah. go that's my go-to song yeah, it's, it's one of my favorites, one. for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So one thing I do when I'm putting together my notes for all of our episodes is I see how the albums are stacked up in the Rolling Stone magazine's top 500 records of all time. And sometimes they get it right. More often than not, they don't. Um, so I was curious if this record was on the list. It's not. What? And... and Neither is any Zevon Records. Wow, that's well, he's that. easily one of the most underrated artists, man, of all time. Uh, absolutely, easily. he is. He's a very underrated artist. I would have thought that at least Excitable Boy would have been on that list. Yeah, for Werewolves, yeah, and Excitable Boy, but that's crazy, man. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was super yeah, well, super they, shocked. They, they get it wrong. They get Damn it wrong. Stone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Careful, Rocky. You still you still need to get in there. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Uh, They're not going to write about me. I can say whatever I want. Damn, Rolling Stone. Yeah. True. <laughs> any other uh, background info or uh, any other kind of uh, discussion you want to have about Zevon before we dive into the record? Uh, the the thing I I'll say about it is I had a hard time scoring this album, and it's going to sound bad. Why? But uh, there's only a couple of songs that I love on this album, and and there's none that I dislike. Um, and a lot of them fall in sort of this middle ground, because my thing with this album is I, I really feel like you see little hints of the cocky swagger that you get by Excitable Boy. Excitable Boy, I think he has that just the cockiness down pat, where... You know the lyrics are so sharp and the the humor is so present. And I think in in this album he's he's playing with it and he's discovering it. And so I like seeing the genesis of it when it gets to Excitable Boy. But I don't have as many songs on this album that stick out as songs that I always listen to from Zevon. But I don't dislike any of them. So it's a it's a kind of a, a the middle ground is so thick for me that I didn't even know how to score a lot of it. Um, it's just one of those, one of those things where, um, I like the album a lot. I really enjoy it, but, uh, it, 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 it's, I like it almost as much for the foundation that lays for what he does later. Okay. This, this is going to be an interesting, uh, this is going to be interesting. I'm looking this, forward to this. This is going to be <laughs> yeah. fun. This is going to be a fun conversation. All right. Uh, so as a reminder, we score the records based on the number of songs on the, on the record. And usually Jeff, I ask wayne how many songs are on this record so how many songs on this record jeff 11 there you go which means our top song is going to get 11 points nick's favorite song 10 on down to lowest score of one so let's kick this off this is the album opener frank and jesse james it was on 
Jesse James What do you guys think of this as a uh, album opener? I think it's a great album opener. It uh, gets you, you know. It's, I feel like I'm riding with Zevon on a horse, you know, through uh, the mountains or something, and in, in the opening of a movie or something. And he's really good at invoking the 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 spirit and the the narration of these crazy cast of characters that he brings in to this record through the music. Not always necessarily through the lyrics, I feel, but through the music, he totally does. Yeah, it sounds like it's like scoring a Western almost. I mean, the lyrics kill it too, but yeah. Right. Keep on riding, riding, riding. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like it could be a TV show about him. It could be a movie about him. Um, There was a movie, uh, The Assassination of Jesse James by uh, uh, by the coward Robert Ford, which he references in the song a little bit. Uh, with Brad Pitt and Casey Affleck, that's really really good. That this would have it would have I, they should have had it in there. I like this song a lot. I'm very prone to like Western and Western themes. I would have liked to have seen. I, I like his storytelling style. I always have. It's one of the reasons why Zevon is a favorite of mine. I would have been curious to see him do this song, you know, a decade later, uh, and, and see what other stuff he injected into this story because this one is a little more straight storytelling to me than than he does later mm-hmm. if that makes yeah. sense yeah, um, yeah. I, w- I would have loved to have seen his take on it maybe after he got got that that feel where he would inject a little more wry humor and stuff into something um but it's a really good song it, it might have fit on like a tumbleweed connection that we we uh that we revisited at one point ben yeah yeah i can totally see this uh this being an elton tumbleweed connection song yeah it's good or, to, yeah or, or i could have seen zivon singing a lot of the stuff on on that album or absolutely something. It, yeah it fits into that that mold a little bit yeah all right anything else we want to talk about with frank and jesse james mm, not really that was that was kind of one of the few middle grounds for me there's not many i'm the opposite of jeff i don't have many middle ground songs on this but that's one of them yeah okay and I don't mean it as middle ground. Like I, I don't really care for them. It's just there's only a couple songs that stand out in 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 ways where they stack up against how I feel about the rest of his catalog. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, it does. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get some scores. So, Rocky, I gave it a, a five. Okay. And then Jeff, I'm six on this one. And I'm a five on this one. Which leads us. Look at to, us agreeing. Man, I know. Agreeing. I know. Talk Didn't see that coming. <laughs> uh, that might be one of the few times that we're uh, we're we're pretty much in sync with a agreement. Uh, buckle up, yeah, buckle yeah, up. Well, you've seen my list, so you know. <laughs> yeah, yes, I do. All right, uh, here's Mama couldn't be persuaded.
what what do you guys think about the the sequencing of this? Since we go from hugely piano based song in Frank and Jesse to something that I feel like the band could have totally done. Like this is more this is more guitar based than it is piano based the, at the, from the the previous song. It's funny because one of my first notes on here is I could hear the band playing this. That's the same note. Yeah. Again, we're back to Tumbleweed Connection because that's, yep. that's where a lot, of, uh, a lot of my thoughts on that went as well. In general, the sequencing on this album is one of the things I think that I, I struggle a little bit with it is that it does it, – again, it feels like he's kind of experimenting with a lot of things in the album. And because of that, um, for me, it doesn't, it doesn't have a, you know, a real tight flow or sequencing, it's, which is okay – but it is a kind of a strange sequencing in a lot of ways for me. So um, this song, though, I love. I love this song. I love that it's it, it's telling his story. If you you know read about Zevon and and about his dad, uh, you know his his dad was uh, he was a bookie who handled like gambling and game uh, games and bets and stuff for Mickey Cohen, uh, the mobster. So he was involved with the the oh. Cohen crime family. It, 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 just a ridiculous story. Um, his mom was actually from a Mormon family. And so they were not happy about her marrying this, this gambler. Uh, so this one's autobiographical and yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. And her parents were right because they got divorced uh, when he was 16. So, so, uh, you know, his, her parents were probably right. They shouldn't have, she should have married the gambling man. Um, so this is, this is a, a little autobiographical then what you're saying. Completely autobiographical. Oh, okay. I think it gives him a different name in the song, like Bill or something. Well, Bill, but his dad yeah. was William. I don't know if you know this, Rocky, but sometimes Bill is short for William. <laughs> I'm enlightened. <laughs> <laughs> I, like to, I like to teach on every episode, if I can, just a little nugget of, you know. <laughs> Did you read that, uh, that book, um, what is it, I'll Sleep When I'm Dead? I haven't read I, it yet. I've started it twice. I do that with a lot of books. <laughs> I'm waiting Me for the too. movie, Rocky. <laughs> Which is why Jeff knows about mom and dad, but not much about any, anything else because he's only gotten through the first two chapters. So, Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, I'm only uh, halfway through, man. But I uh, I thought he had a nickname, some like weird mobster nickname his dad. I forget it, though. Interesting. Uh, he might have. Um, I feel like he did. Uh, right. I read that as well, and I don't remember what it was. It was, it was a, it was a weird one. It was a, a really weird one. Um, now it's going to drive me nuts. It's, like a Russian name. I, now, now I'm looking for it. Let me look at the see if I Stumpy Stumpy Z. Stumpy, there you go. <laughs> His name was yeah. He he was in the Cohen crime family, and it was Stumpy Zivon. Um, and he was the best man at Mickey Cohen's first wedding. That's oh how tied gosh. to the mob his Damn. dad was. Mickey Cohen. That's a big. Yeah, that's a big mobster. So that's an interesting family upbringing. And, and this song being autobiographical uh, definitely jumped it up the list for me. And I, I really dug it. Yeah, it's a good one. So my comments on, on this song were, um, Zevon likes to write about the bad boys, doesn't he? <laughs> and uh, also this song typifies that uh, girls love the bad boys. They don't listen to their mamas about the bad boys. Well, especially if they come up in a Mormon family and a gambler comes along, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Should we get some scores on this one? Yeah. All right, Rocky, what you got? I got uh what are we talking about again? Which one is this? Oh, Mama. Mama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I I got a six on this one. I th- Rocky's I th- still mulling over the William Bill thing. It's I blew his mind. Yeah. <laughs> let him catch up. Still trying to grasp it. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Jeff. Uh, this is my nine. I I love this song. Okay, and this is my four. Oh, not damn. not well. It's not to not to say that it's a bad song. It's just like there's other songs I like more. Did so, you know it was autobiographical? I had no idea, but it, that wouldn't have changed my score. Oh, okay. Well, it, it affects mine because I <laughs> I I thought I thought that all of these songs, with the exception of the very last one, were written about other people. So there you go. All right, next song is Back's Turn Looking Down the Path. We'll go walking hand in hand, laughing fit to beat the band with our backs turned, looking down the path. What do you guys got to say about this song? I'm uh, I like the song. I mean, like I've had like a love affair with all these songs. I love them all, and but this one's probably one of the lower ones. I I like the song. It's a great song, but I think some of the other ones are a lot better. Yeah, this is a lower one for me. I love the bass on this song. The start of this song. Do you guys know the the Zevon song Mutineer? Yeah, yeah. I the the start of this song. I feel like he lifted this particular part for Mutineer. I get a very Mutineer feel for this song. And if you guys don't know, so the guitar parts, both of both guitar parts are really good on this. When I first heard this without looking at the credits, I was like, that sounds a lot like Lindsey Buckingham. Guess what it is? Um, yeah. So he he's playing the straight up guitar. Jackson Brown is playing the slide guitar in this. And, um, well, Lindsay will provide some, some harmony vocals coming up as well. I don't know if I've got anything really crazy on the lyrics. Um, nothing matters when I'm with my baby with my back turned, looking down the path. So is he, is he talking about that? The baby, his baby is, uh, uh, on board with him looking down this path feels like maybe she's not completely on board i think she is because so according to the book apparently he finished writing this when he took like a, a hiatus vacation to spain with his girlfriend or his okay. wife at the time i can't remember but and he finished writing it after they were like you know reminiscing or something and um so i guess it's like them getting away and he kind of just finished writing it but he could have started it under different cir- circumstances but okay yeah, I'm pretty sure it's his baby and she's on board. Gotcha. Okay. This is uh, uh th- this one almost reminds me a little bit of like a Billy Joel song or something. I don't know why, but uh <laughs> it's just something about it does. Um the guitar work is is nice on it. I like the I like the guitar play. Um I don't entirely know what to make of it all cuz it, it seems like if you have your back turn 
Is it like looking into the past? Is there supposed to be a metaphor for that as opposed to looking forward? Yeah. I, I couldn't really, I, I didn't connect with it a ton. I like it. It's pleasant to listen to, but uh, lyrically, I couldn't quite figure out what, what it was he was saying. Yeah. And that's, and that's my problem with this song and with my lowest. So that I'll just throw this out. This is my two, um, was that I wasn't sure exactly what he was trying to say. And usually when you listen to a Zevon song, he's not real cryptic about it. So it, this just, this just felt a little bit, um, odd to me as far as the, the lyrics go. Cause I, I wasn't exactly sure what he was, what he's trying to say here. So yeah, pleasant melody, but I wasn't, uh, yeah, yeah. I wasn't either. I wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah. All right, Jeff, what's your score? Uh, my score is a five on this one. Okay. And then Rocky. Give it a three, man. Okay. And uh, that goes to next song, which is Hasten Down the Wind. She tells him she thinks she needs to be free. He tells her he doesn't understand. She takes his hand. She tells him nothing's working out the way they planned She's so many women He can't find the one who was his friend So he's hanging on to half a heart But he can't have the restless part so he tells her to hasten down. And uh, of course, Linda Ronstadt would use this song as the title track for her seventh record. And Linda covered a lot of Zevon songs over her years. Did a lot of songwriting uh, and made a lot of money off of songwriting. And this song in particular, I know he credits it. Uh, he credited it in concert at one point as helping to pay the bills. So. That, that's the thing I like the best about this song is it probably helped buoy him up while he was doing other stuff and, and, uh, you know, getting his own thing going. Yeah. Yeah. And you also see a little bit of his wry humor in this one, a little bit uh, humor or being perplexed as a man of like, you know, she's like, she thinks she needs to be free. And, and when he goes, okay, that's fine. And she's like, no, I think we need to stay together. And he's just kind of throwing his arms up going, I, I don't know what she's doing here. But <laughs> so, <it's- laughs> But it's just a whim by which she hopes to keep him on the limb. So right. I always I always felt like this song was about how a lot of us, we always want the ones that we can't have. And then when yeah. we do have it, we're like, oh, that wasn't as, <laughs> nice as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, the whole thing has kind of like uh, throwing your arms up in the air like women, right? You know, what a, you know. <laughs> Right. Uh, you know, that's just a perplexed. <laughs> you can just hear the guy. He's just perplexed. He's like, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah. he, you know, he, he's just hanging on to half her heart. He can't find the one who was his friend. <laughs> it's yeah. Just, yeah. He just sounds stumped, ultimately. Um, and who hasn't been there at some point in their life? Yeah. And, vi- and vice versa, because, Jeff, I know your wife and you know my wife. And uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure they sure. both thrown their hands up in the air many times with us as about us as well. So too many to count. This is w- written from a male perspective, but it could right. fit you know, yeah. either or. Um, and as it does, obviously Ronstadt covering it shows you that, yeah, she can, she can make it hers as well. What'd you guys think of the harmony part? 
for Ronstadt's version? Or this no, version? For, for this version. I thought it was pretty solid, man. I, I love this song. It's a great one. I had a hard time scoring this one with like probably three other ones, man. They're all up there for me. Did you guys think that the harmony part was a woman? Is it not? It's not. It's Phil Everly. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And he, uh, and the, uh, you know, without having read the, the, the book, cause I haven't read it yet, but I believe he was the music director for the Everly brothers. He was between, he was. between that first record and this record. So there you go. So yeah, this, this whole album man. is a cast of like, who's who, uh, in terms of people who oh, yeah. pop up. It's pretty astounding actually. Um, that's a real credit to, you know, uh, who he had a connection with. Uh, and a lot of it through, of course, Jackson Brown. Jackson Brown had a lot to do with it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This one, I think the thing that throws me on the – I don't I, I, I don't know um, the hasten down the wind, right? What, what does that mean? I don't know. I was thinking about that too, man. I'm not really sure. <laughs> because, because hasten means to speed up, right? Yeah. And, but hasten so, but down you wanna, it sounds like you're, you're you're trying to slow it down. I I never like quite figured this title. one out. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't quite understand the title, and I don't quite understand what it is that. Again, I think this one stumps me a little bit um, in terms of that. In, in terms of uh, what it is that hasten down the wind means, what it means for this situation, how it re- applies to a relationship. I guess maybe that is it. If it's if hasten down the wind. Uh, is contradictory maybe that's exactly the point is um uh is that she's being contradictory in the things she's saying to him too so maybe it's just as yeah. nonsensical holy smokes i think you just figured it out that's how it makes sense damn dude between that and giving you william bill man i am i'm batting a thousand for teaching today i think and coming up with answers i'm I'm that's, feeling it. I'm feeling that's a good own. answers, man. You should go on to song meanings right now and type that in there. <laughs> I am I am way too lazy to do that, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get some scores for Hasten Down the Wind. So, Rocky? I give it a seven. All right. And Jeff? I, I give it a four, and I don't I don't know why. Again, I had a tough time scoring these. Um, yeah. I really just – I really love the lump of songs. I love the songs. I love the album, and, and – Things just fall where they fall a little bit, and I had to make decisions. So it's a four, but I don't. It doesn't feel good. Yeah, and I gave it a three, and it could have easily been my two. Um, I've just never connected with this song. Like I, I even tried to listen to Linda Ronstadt's version. I, I, I watched the video of when he did it with Paul Schaefer and and the Letterman Band, and I, I don't know. It's just. Couldn't get into it, and I and I couldn't give it a two because I didn't want you guys booing me. Well, I yeah. think I don't know. I mean, it depends. Like you said, you couldn't connect with it. I could really connect with a lot of these songs, and that's yeah. why this one's my favorite album. I mean, Excitable Boy may have better songs on it, like you said. That's when he mastered it, but I think I can just personally like relate better to these songs and yeah. just have a stronger connection with them. Which makes sense. That makes sense. A hundred percent is, is that I, I think I like those other songs better. They're more, um, uh, more catchy. They're more whatever. But when you spend the time connecting to songs, it doesn't matter if they're catchy. Yeah. Right. All right. Um, next song is poor, poor, pitiful me. She was just like Jesse James. She really worked me over good. She was a credit to her gender. Changes, Lord, sort of like a wearing blender. 
can't talk about this song without talking about the Linda Ronsand version as well, because she she made it into a hit. Zevon didn't have a hit with this one. Um, and Linda's version reached as high as number 31 on the Billboard chart. But then Terry Clark, who is a country singer, she she reached all the way up to number five on the country charts with her version of this. So other people have turned it into hits, but uh, not Zevon, not Zevon's version. Um, and Jeff, because you live in the L.A. area, this is this is uh, one of many songs on the record that have all sorts of L.A. references to them. So, yeah, there's so much name checking on this album in terms of L.A. landmarks. Um but this one definitely is right up there with it. Uh, I love this song. Absolutely love this song. It's uh, it's one of my favorite Warren Zevon songs. I love the irony of it. Uh, I read that he actually, part of what he was doing uh, with this was kind of a, a sort of a friendly swipe at Jackson Brown, that he was kind of making fun of the fact that all of his songs, or so many of his songs, um, were so kind of mopey. You know, it's like, oh, boy, look at your tough life. You know, you've got you've got all these girls that love you. You've got all these things. And that's kind of what he's saying in this song, too, is like, you know, uh, these young girls won't let me be. Lord, have mercy on me. Uh, it's fantastic. I, this is the one that really I see the the sort of the cockiness and the swagger of future Warren Zevon and Excitable Boy. This is the one that I see it poked through on the most. This is the song that is on this album is most indicative of what I grew to love the best about Warren Zevon later up until the wind probably um, is the funny, the, the, just that, that wry humor, the, you know, the talking about things in ways that uh, other, other musicians aren't going to sing about, you know, meeting a girl that he, that asks him if he can beat her. <laughs> That's it's weird. It's weird. And, uh, it's quirky and it's interesting and, and it's uh, it's not what you hear from everybody else. I don't want to talk about it. I love that. I, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, the other thing. That, that line, that dropping down is like, I'm going to stop singing. I don't want to finish that. I right. love it. love yeah. that. I love this song. Um, this is one of the songs that I, I heard early on when I first discovered Zevon and I connected with it right away. Just that it was funny to me the way he would sing about it. Yeah. And the idea that, that uh, all these things that sound amazing to someone else, he's like, boy, how terrible is this life? You know? Right. And, and, and unbeknownst to me, this would have been the first time that I would have heard a Zevon song. Cause you know, poor, poor pitiful me. That was, that was played on the old AM radio stations that my parents would listen to. So, um, just a little bit different version though. So the Linda's version um, she did change a few of the the, the lyrics. Um, in fact, uh, on the the very last verse, where uh, Zevon says she picked me up and and she throwed me down, and I said, "Please don't hurt me, Mama." Um, uh, she becomes kind of the aggressor in her version. He picked me up and he threw me down. He said, "Please don't hurt me, Mama." So whatever. Yeah. yeah. Just I, I, a small little nuances. And he also makes a call back to Jesse James again. Like he's really obsessed with Jesse James on this yeah. album. She really worked me over good. She was just like Jesse, just like James, Jesse right? James. I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't know why he's thinking about <laughs> Jesse James while he's in a hotel room with a girl he met in West Hollywood. I don't, I don't quite understand that. Uh, it's that um, weirdness again. 
it is weird. I, I also like the line. The line uh, she really worked me over. Good. She was a credit to her gender. Uh, yeah, that's a great line. Yeah. Anyway, I love this song. I love the way that it's written. I love the the humor of it. I love the cockiness. There's a cockiness to it. Well, I think yeah. if you're if you're gonna do a callback back to the Jesse James song. There's probably some sexual innuendo there because she's probably riding, riding, riding. Ah, so well, you figured you, that one out. Yeah. yeah, you should go on song meetings. That's yeah, right. I, you should. Gotta go. I should. <laughs> Keep on riding, riding, riding. <laughs> hey, all right. Man. I feel like we're all learning stuff today. We are. Yeah, we're, we're all Very learning. Very educational. We're all, yeah. we're all learning. All right. Let's get some scores on this. So, Jeff, I think you alluded this is your top this is my top song, 100%. Okay. It right. was never a question. All right. Rocky? I give it a four. All right. And I'm giving Boo. it a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hate, that you guys, I hate that you guys made me score all these songs. I know. I do love them I know. all. I I'm love the same all way as you, Rocky. I'm the it same was not, way. It was not easy. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm sorry. We're, we were trying to be different with our format than anyone I, else. And so there you go. Well, it gives a it a structure, idea, but it gives it a structure, and I, I'm sure I'm yeah. going to upset you at some point too. So we'll 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 trade off. Yeah. There you yeah. go. And I gave it an eight, so I'm right I'm right in the middle between the two of you. So somewhere bridging the gap between the two of you. All right, next song, French and Haley. You're so That's another one of my favorite Zevon songs, man. Uh, you've seen my list, so you know. But yeah, it's it's up there for me. I just love the, just you know, the two down and out people in a bar in Hollywood, just you know, just talking about uh, her dreams, and you know, him just like you know, the end of the night comes. What's the line uh, that he can only think of? This line: it's a uh, her face looked like something death brought with him in his suitcase. Yes, you know, like when they turn on the lights. Uh, at the end of the night, man. But yeah, this song does it for me. Just a connection to it, man. You know, I love the lyrics in this, especially if you listen. Uh, so the, the two lines, yes, I drank up all the money with these phonies in this Hollywood bar, these friends of mine in this Hollywood bar. So he's, that's he's, a great line. Oh my gosh. He's even calling out. He's like, all my friends are phonies. So yep, it's uh it's great. Um, I do want to read one one comment that I found from um, Warren's child uh, Jordan. He said uh, that this was this was uh, definitely a kiss off song written to his mom, um, and he says the French inhaler is Warren's way of saying "f you" to my mom after she slept with another guy. As much as it pains me that it's about my mother. It is the greatest ex-girlfriend F.U. song of all time. And despite the subject matter, my mom would play this song to me after a couple of glasses and wine and laugh and say, isn't that brilliant? Because she knew he was a genius. Wow. That's great. 
Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, I might have scored it higher had I had I read the same things about it and <laughs> spent more time with it. The the classical piano thing at the beginning, the uh, I don't uh, classical may be the wrong way, but it, it for whatever reason I, it never settles in with me. I don't I don't I just don't quite connect to the song. Um, I connect to it more when I read the lyrics or when I hear a story like that, and then I I regret my score because I like that story a lot, um, and I do like the lyrics when I read them, but. When I listen to it, it just never quite—it just never quite grabs me and pulls me into the lyrics for whatever reason. I don't know why. But I, I like the song, um, but just when I'm scoring it, it just—it it, it hits very, very low for me. See, I like the introduction because it feels like an old-timey bar type of song. Yeah, and that's totally what he's singing about: is they're hanging out in this in this bar, talking about how ridiculous they are so i i like that setup yeah yeah i don't i don't i don't don't dislike it i just i don't for whatever reason i don't hear the lyrics i guess very well in it or i don't i zone out a little bit for some i don't know whatever it was it just kind of it just fell fell to my bottom i feel like i don't know like i've met people like that you know like people that he the girl he's talking to and like been in like that situation i feel like a couple times it's just like if you like can connect to it i guess Maybe that's it too for me, Rocky. Is that I? I mean, I got I was married at nineteen, so I never did this. I never was. I was never hanging out at the last call at a bar. I was never, you know. I so, you know, without that too, that context, I guess, is that I've never experienced that. You know, lights coming on at the end of the night thing. Um, that I see the I see the the smartness in the lyrics when I read it. Um, so I, I think maybe that's it too. Lack of experience in that area where it just, I don't connect. But then again, you know, he's got other songs about addiction that I've never had. And I connect to that because he, he paints it in a way that I can put myself in it or, or, you know, feel what he's feeling. Yeah. So, so what exactly is a French inhaler? It's a cigarette well, thing, right? Yeah. It's a, you exhale smoke, right. And then you breathe it back in. So then when you breathe it back out, there's nothing left. Oh, Okay, but I didn't. I read about that. Being honest, when I first heard this song, and I think I swear, I think it was just like I was thinking it was a French inhaler, like an inhaler for someone that has asthma, but it was French. Like it makes no sense. Right. Well, the first like, thing, uh, the first thing I thought of was French tickler when I I saw this this title. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that says something more about me than it does about the song. Keep um, on riding, riding, riding. <laughs> <laughs> The um, I remember it from some movie at some point where some you know high school girls are talking about learning the French inhale or something. So I think that's what uh, that's what I remembered of it. It's some it's something to do with the way, like you said, like Rocky said about inhaling cigarette smoke. Okay, and then what about the last two lines of "So long, Norman"? She said, "So long, Norman." Who's Norman? He There's says a couple he, of serious on there. He says he stamped and mailed her. So long, Norman. So like. Norman Mailer? Norman Mailer? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's what a lot of people say about that. Okay. And Maryland. Interesting. But um, but then I read another thing that was like, Norman kind of sounds like Warren, and she was drunk at the end of the night, so that's what she said. But <laughs> who knows, man. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Well, let's get some scores. So, Rocky, your score? I gave this one a 10. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Jeff, you're like going to have a big difference here. Uh, well, I'm going to, I guess I'm going to pay you back for poor, poor, pitiful me. Cause I, I gave this my one. <laughs> Ooh. 
Ouch. Yeah, sorry, man. Sorry. Damn, dude. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad now. That feels I feel very I you know I, I like I, I liked your album a lot, Rocky. Um, your album. <laughs> sure you did. <laughs> no, I liked it a lot. I would have uh, I would have scored several of your songs much, much higher than this if it were competing with this one. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to suck up now because I feel bad about stopping all of our songs. All right, like I'm going to stop. But you, gave, you gave Poor Poor Pitiful Me a four when I gave it 11. So I, I guess this is sort of payback, uh, maybe. Kind, yeah, kind I don't of, know, man. Uh, a 10 no. to 1. That's I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I had a no, hard time. We're all entitled to our opinions, man. I, I like the song. I don't dislike it. And when, as soon as you give it a, a 1, and any other episode I've been on of this, when I my 1 is usually a song I – that I like, I don't like, or I don't have any use for. I would skip over. I don't with this one. I, I really do like the song, but everything had to have a score. So there we are. Yeah, I just think it's beautifully written, man. The chord changes. The there's no real chorus in it. You know, it just moves the way it moves. The introduction. I like the classical introduction. I'm a fan I'm, of it. I'm gonna give it more time. I'm gonna give it some more listens, specifically based on how much you like it after this, because uh, I. I you know, I'll give it a bit a uh, longer chance. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to edit your new score. No, in. no, it won't okay. change the scores. <laughs> won't change the scores. All right, uh, I give this a seven. All right. So um, I think we're going to flip over the record. If you have the vinyl, this is where we would uh, flip over the record to side B, and this is Mohammed's radio. Everybody's desperate, trying to make it. Work all day, still can't pay the price of gasoline and me. Alas, their lives are incomplete. Don't it make you want to rock and roll all night long? Mohammed's radio. I heard somebody singing sweet and soft. And yeah, that's Stevie Nicks on the background vocals, if you couldn't figure that out. Um, and what else we got to say on this? Oh, uh, so this is, if you're, if you're wondering about what a Mohammed's radio is, this is one of those also um, going back to the Norman question is there's a couple different there's a couple different uh, takes on what Mohammed's radio is. It could be a pirate radio station run by Mohammed, or it could be um, going back to uh, finding solace in like something like a Mohammed's lamp or, or some kind of, uh, you know, Aladdin type of reference, but who knows? And I'm not going to go on song meanings to figure it out. No, don't do that. Man. No. Um, anybody like, no, I do go on there. <laughs> yeah. Anyone like Linda Ronstadt's version of this? I haven't heard it. I didn't yeah, either. I didn't I haven't did it. Yeah. Uh, stick with Zevon's. Um, that's just my opinion of it. I, I, I love the horns in it. I love the stops and starts. Um, I love the last verse with Stevie's vocals cause you know, I love Stevie. So, um, I'm just going to throw this out that this is my, this is my top score. Uh, the, this is my this is my favorite song on on the record. Nice. Um, what do you guys have to say about Mohammed's radio? 
This is one of my favorites on there, man. I love it. I think it's a. Uh, so I did. I didn't read about this on song meanings, but in the book, he uh, he saw a guy dressed as um, not Muhammad, but what do you a sheik? Okay. And he was on Halloween, and he was carrying a radio, and that's where he got the idea for the song. Nice. Not to say that the song's about a guy carrying a radio on Halloween, yeah. but you know, like, and I think the solace through like the magic lamp or something. I think that's to me that's like what it, I get from it, like. I think it's like rock and roll is the magic lamp, you know, or like people can like turn to it for like, you know, salvation. Right. But like at the same time, it's this thing that's like hidden away. Cool. You have to find it. I didn't know what it was talking about a lot of the time. Uh, I just think it's just, a, it's got a beautiful quality to it. Um, it's just pleasant. Uh, I enjoy listening to it, but I wasn't sure. I, I, I tried to dig into the lyrics and just never could quite come to a conclusion about what he was saying exactly. There's there's interpretation I, I think you could put to a lot of the lines, but uh, I never quite figured it out. Yeah, it's uh, just, I feel like he's like explaining all these situations, and then and he's saying, "Don't it make you want to rock and roll all night long?" You know, like Mohammed's radio, like all that. You need relief, and Mohammed's radio is that relief. Yeah, that's that what makes I sense. Got from it. Well, it, I think it's safe to say that all three of us find solace in music. Which is, I mean, yeah. that's the reason why I'm, yeah, I'm doing this podcast is uh, that I, I'm a music nerd. Jeff, I know you're a music nerd. Rocky, yeah. you're you're doing what you're doing, so, I, you know, I have to think that you're a music nerd as well. I am, man. I'm a, I'm a music fan. I think you guys are more uh, music nerds than me. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you can actually you can actually make music, so that's a big difference. No, you guys, I think you guys probably know more than I do, man. I'm just, I'm a fan, man. I love it, you know. Yeah, I, I, I'm that way too. That's well, it's just like this. I think that I feel like less of a nerd when I listen to the song because I can't quite figure it out, but I know that it makes my, it, you know, it's pleasant to my ears. And if it, you know, I, uh, this is the argument that I get into with his regular co-host Wayne about Africa, uh, who hates <laughs> Africa. I, and he says it's a horrible song. And I'm like, the fact of the matter is, it just makes me happy. You know, it makes me smile when I hear it. And it, most things that if they make me happy when I hear them, I don't really dive that much deeper into it. Sometimes I just, I just enjoy that feeling that something gives me, uh, and I don't overanalyze it for whatever reason. Because then if I dig into it too much, I'm, I'm breaking whatever that. You know, there's certain things that just make me feel good when I hear them. Yeah, true. There was yeah. a wise poet that once said, "If it makes you happy, can't be that bad." Yeah, yeah. That's Cheryl Crow, and I said it on that other episode. <laughs> the one about the one about Africa. The one about Af the other thing about Mohammed's radio that I will say is it would have. It's actually a song that would fit pretty nicely on the wind, um, yeah. in terms of tone. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I think this one's maybe a little ahead of his uh, where he was at at this time in terms of like that. You know, the melodies are really nice on this too. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I already told you my this is my top score. So Rocky, this one I gave a nine. And Jeff. Uh, this is my seven. Okay. And um, since you're bringing up the wind, next song is probably a song that could have definitely been on the wind. So this is I'll Sleep When I'm Dead. Well, take this medicine, nice prescribed. I'll sleep when I'm dead. It don't matter if I get a little tired. I'll sleep when I'm dead.
shower up on the shelf I'll sleep when I'm dead If I start acting stupid I'll shoot myself Then I'll sleep when I'm dead I dig this song. Uh, I'm looking at your guys' scores. I like this song a heck of a lot more than you guys do. <laughs> um, I I dig this song. I, I it's this is this is the song that I felt was a great precursor to Excitable Boy. I could totally see this song on that record, but you know, I actually I could see this song on Life Life Will Kill You as well, which is you know, his second to the last record. Um, do you guys have any idea what he's saying between, or the the background people are saying between the "I'll sleep when I'm dead"? No, man. Nope. Is it English? Is it is it him? I have no it? idea. I don't know. I can't. I couldn't figure it out. I even stopped it and like turned it up really loud during those parts. I couldn't figure it out. So, what's Sounds the song? Like Spanish, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. What's What's the later song that this is reminding me of that I can't I can't place this like seven o'clock da, 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 he it's counting it's got counting in it that this one reminds me of any idea mm. like counting's uh, like a big part of the song yeah like it's I think it's talking about time or is it, I don't know if it's on the wind I can't remember but there it it really there's another song he has later that um that feels like it it is the same musicality so interesting okay I feel like he does that every now and then you'll hear little like hooks or something that'll remind you of something yeah else it is. Uh, yeah well i i brought up one earlier so um yeah. so I, I i've got this <laughs> as my nine so obviously i like this song better than you guys is looking oh, at the score so oh, yeah so, so I, I i i did to this almost what i did to the french inhaler for rocky oh man no i'm, I, good. Gave I'm good i gave this i gave this a three I'm I'm good. This is this is not like the last episode that I had you on where, you know, you completely um got mad at me for one of the songs I ranked way higher than you. So I'm Hey, I, I'm pretty sure I, I listened back to that episode this week and I'm pretty sure you got mad at me. You got pretty defensive. <laughs> I uh, I did. I did. Um, it's easily it's easy to get defensive, man, when you're talking about stuff you love, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was when I was I was I was questioning his mixtape making prowess and boy he lit into me. Yeah. Oh man. Oh yeah, yeah. Well <laughs> Ben and I have been friends for thirty years at this point, so um I don't mind pushing his buttons every now and then. Yeah. Well. Oh, so this goes back then. Oh yeah, yeah. So I enjoyed that uh listening back to our Terrence Trent Darby episode when I got you rolling a little bit on your. I, well, you don't question a man's mixtape making abilities. I no. guess is what I learned. It, it, it <laughs> was, and it wasn't yeah. even about the song. It was you questioned my mixtaping. Uh, t- <laughs> it, it's that's you just don't do that. All right, we've uh, known we've known each other for as long as you've been alive, Rocky. That's the practice. <laughs> Holy smokes! We yeah yeah. You don't even know what mixtapes are. That's how young you are. Oh. Hey, I know what a mixtape is. Okay. Man. We had we made mixed CDs though. We didn't make tapes. Right. So. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Now now right. now the kids these days they're spoiled with their playlists. You know. Yeah. 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 So you right. gave this a nine, I gave it a three. What'd you give it, Rocky? Uh what's the song we talking about again? I'll sleep <laughs> when I'm <laughs> I'll sleep when I'm dead. Uh, I gave it a two. <laughs> oh, you even you you Yeah, man, I went low on this one. That's it's almost not one of my favorites as... on there. 
That's almost as bad as the 10 to my one on French Inhaler. It's all good. Well, yeah. there's, there's three songs on this album that I just like, I really, the other ones are really high up there and they're just, you know, mid, middle ground, a little bit below that for me. Yeah. And that's huh. one of them. I had three songs as well. They're different, but um, yeah, I had three songs as well. Um, all right. Let's get to Carmelita. There's the next song. I hear mariachi static on my radio And the tubes they glow in the dark And I'm there with her in Ensenada And I'm hearing Echo Park Carmelita, hold me tighter I think I'm sinking all strung out on heroin on the outskirts of town and uh hey guess what linda ronstadt also redid this song <laughs> no way man i gotta listen to all these linda ronstadt versions i haven't heard that one either uh linda's great um we we eventually need to get to a episode of of linda ronstadt because i uh, i love her um, I think it's funny. I think I think people forget how big Linda Ronstadt was at oh, a given yeah. point in time. You know, I really do. I think that's kind of gotten forgotten. The idea that she's covering him and and really he's making a lot of money off of his, her covering his songs. Oh, yeah. He's making a lot in royalties, and it really did kind of keep him afloat for a good chunk of the you know the I think seventies and eighties uh, was the royalties he was getting from Linda Ronstadt. Well, between sentimental hygiene and i'm trying to remember what the record was before that there was like a good five years that he wasn't even signed Uh, like asylum had dropped his butt off of the label and because he was you know i think it was well known that he was an addict at that point i don't think he i don't think most labels wanted to touch him so it was it was probably those royalty checks, the, you know, the mailbox money that was keeping him afloat. So, yeah. Um, anybody know what a Carmelita is? Did you guys look that up? Um, there was a thing in the book about it. And, uh, apparently it was, a what are the, a, the street that led to the street where he would get the drugs. Oh, okay. So, and I mean, it's a story song, but it's kind of like autobiographical, I think. So it's not, yeah. It's not a garden or vineyard as what I found on the old Google. Uh, it could be. I don't know. That's what I read in the book, but that could be that too. The garden of drugs, I guess. Well, that's got to be it then. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like it makes sense know. too. I don't know. I don't know. I just took it, I just took it as being someone that was sort of a, a little bit codependent. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that was whoever he's a little bit codependent uh, and, and maybe is allowing him to continue doing what he's doing and, you know they're 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 as good for each other as they can be, um, because he, he references them cutting off her welfare check, um, and they're not the county's not giving him any more methadone, and so yeah. yeah, this is an interesting song. I I like this one a lot. I like the you know the idea. It's this it's this beautifully kind of is that it's a Spanish kind of style guitar or yeah, yeah I would say so. Yeah, uh, mixed against this background of really, he's talking about being a junkie and um, pawning his his uh, typewriter and and uh, you know get going to get 
heroin from the guy who hangs down on Alvarado Street by the Pioneer Chicken Stand. So those also are LA references, references, right? Yeah, yeah. You know where yeah, they are? Uh, yeah, I know where Alvarado is. I don't know Pioneer Chicken. I don't. I don't know that one. I don't hang out on Alvarado. So, <laughs> all right. Should we get some scores on this? Let's do it. All right. So, Rocky, I gave it an eight. Jeff? So did I. I feel like we're back, Rocky. Nice. We're, back. we're getting back on track. We're back right. on track together. And I'm at six. Yeah, we're we're right in we're simpatico again. Did I, I tell you four. I like your album? I liked your album. There you go. I believe you now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, let's uh let's move on. So second to last song, this is Join Me in LA. So Jeff is LA evil. Um, I don't think so. I've been here twenty years now. I I still really love it. Um, but I I don't know. I, I like all the name checking in this one. I like the, you know, I like the p- portrait he paints of it. I guess I think it's evil. Probably, uh, if you're pursuing a particular thing and you're kind of consumed by it, and you know, the idea that it probably it probably helps contribute to the problems that he did have. And I think from that perspective, that's kind of interesting to me. Um, you know, that I think it's a town that uh, even that I think here's the interesting thing about, uh, about LA and I'm sure it's not totally unique in this way. New York does it. I'm sure Nashville does it. Uh, is that, is that even in success, it, it, it drives this obsession to things that end up being very bad habits because there's still so much, um, there's so much superficiality or uh, posturing. Uh, there's so so much about what success is and image and things like that that I think even when you're successful, it's still beating the crap out of you at times. And and because of that, you know, you got people who turn to you got ter- people who turn to stuff that uh, maybe they otherwise wouldn't somewhere else in a little healthier environment. So I think it can be a really unhealthy place and in, in, in uh, certain circumstances for people who maybe aren't aren't ready for that challenge. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a whole lot to this song. And usually I would say that if, if a song had Stevie Nicks and Bonnie Raitt singing background vocals, it probably wouldn't be my least favorite song on the record, but I'm wrong. Cause this is my least favorite song on the record. Oh man. Uh, we agree. We do. This well, is my second, second least favorite and I still like it. But I think the funny thing is I think the next song does a better uh, the very, very next song, he already does a better job painting a picture of of really L.A., and he says more interesting things about L.A. in the next song. So mm-hmm. I think that diminishes this song a little bit, too, where it feels maybe a tiny bit throwaway, but I still like it. I, I, I like the music. Um, I like the upbeat quality of it. So it's it's my number two. Okay. And sometimes number two is worse than a number one. I guess. It depends sometimes. on depends on how far you are from a gas station on the highway, I think. <laughs> All right. Uh, should we wrap this up? Uh, this is Desperados Under the Eaves. Still waking up in the mornings with shaking hands. And I'm trying to find a girl. 
Get us started with this one. This is my favorite song on the record, man. And uh, I just think it's brilliantly written, man. Just the melodies, the lyrics, what he's talking about, I absolutely connect with. Even though, you know, I've never lived in L.A., but I feel like I've definitely felt that way before. And uh, I just connected with the song the most. And it's easily one of my favorite songs of all time, besides the favorite on the album. Jeff, how about you? What do you got to say about this song? I am also giving this one a one, like French and Haler. I just doubled it up um, just because I wanted to upset Rocky. <laughs> uh, no, I did not. I did not. I love this song. No, but this is this one is interesting. I want to hear why it's one. No, so it's I not can one. See I, the was, other side. I was totally joking. That, that's not uh, a one. It's, it's actually my 10. It's my second favorite song on the album. Um, but here's the thing about this song. This one, um, I... This is one that I hadn't spent a lot of time with before for whatever reason. And as I listened to the album over and over and over again and getting ready for this episode, it just kept rising up my list. And maybe if I had another week, it might have even overtaken Poor, Poor, Pitiful Me. Because, again, this is an out, this is a song that might fit uh, on the wind. It's really, really personal. I, I, I like these two sides of the coin with, with Warren. I like the, the super sarcastic, interesting storytelling with humor. And then I like the super personal uh, you know, really bearing his soul kind of depths that he he gives you. Um, and and uh, those two sides of the coin are definitely in those two songs that I like the best. Uh, I like the metaphors that he he lays out or the images he lays out of California. I like the the fact that he's even still working in sort of a sarcasm with this of uh, if California slides in the ocean. The best. Um, that that there's still the motel is still going to be here until I, I pay, pay my bill. Like it's yeah, like, that's the one that gonna, it's really good. And it's, it's, it, it's good. It's sarcastic. There's a, a sort of a humor to it. There's also a sadness to it that works on so many levels. Um, I like the fact that this song starts out by reprising um, the, the uh, Frank and Jesse James, um, uh, you know, the, the music from the, the, um, you know, the violin is doing the piano melody from the from the beginning. And, and it's so I don't know exactly why he did it, but he's he's naming it Desperados um, under the eaves. And Frank and Jesse James are Desperados. Um, so I, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. And this song just rose for me all uh, the, the last, you know, two weeks. I've been listening to this album uh, up to number two. So this song is pure genius to me because I feel like the whole narration, he starts out really strong. You can tell that uh, he's probably had a couple drinks while he's writing this. And so the very last verse of, I was sitting in the Hollywood Hawaiian hotel, listening to the air conditioner hum. And then he just talks about what it sounds like with the air conditioner humming. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that is just genius because you get that narration of I'm too drunk to finish this song. So here's, here's the rest of the song 
here's the air conditioner. <laughs> it's genius. Yeah. It's genius. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it is. it's portraying a lot of the pain he had as, you know, struggling with alcoholism and yeah. just, just diving down into that depths of it. And I, I, I kind of am quickly uh, th- thrown into the imagery. I remember from the Nick Cage movie, leaving Las Vegas, I think it's called the one yeah. where he's bringing himself to death. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, and that's, that's what I see. I see that in this hotel room of, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's really, it's really a fascinating song that I don't think I quite gave, uh, enough due to before, uh, I got into, to working on this for this episode. Yep. And, uh, Jeff, one, one other LA reference. So he finishes a look away down Goyer Avenue. What's, Gower. What's, it's Gower. Yeah. It's Gower Avenue. Yeah. 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 Um, I, um so what's what's gower it's just a street uh, same thing as alvarado it's just they're just landmarks it's just kind of letting us know where he's at isn't that know? isn't that where all the uh the various studio lots used to be well there's that they're they're all over the place though so um you know i again i think he's just sort of landmarking it of like you know he's it, it it's almost like when he says that or he says alvarado it's the same thing I do sometimes in comedy where you drop a detail that lets people know this is real. I'm going to give you a real specific name or a piece of information uh. that at least tips you off and hints, hints to you that while this might be embellished, this story might be slightly embellished or I've, I've used poetry to tell it, it's grounded in a reality. And that's what I get out of him dropping Gower Avenue is it's not he's, – he's letting you know this isn't made up. This isn't another character I'm singing about and I'm grounding it in something. Um, it's the same, same thing I do sometimes You just, you give a detail that lets people know uh, this is based in truth. Yeah. 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 All right. So did I get everybody's scores? Uh, this was my 10, Jeff. It's my, my 10 as well. Okay. This is my 11. So we could all agree on this one. We can yeah, all yeah. agree on this one. All right. Um, so here we go. You guys want to know what, uh, our top five look like? What do you think our number okay. one song is? It's got to be this one if it's 10, it's, 10 and 11. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's this one. Um, how about our second? Um, Mohammed? Mohammed. Mohammed. Yep. Uh, third? Carmelita? I hope Poor Poor Pitiful Me gets in this conversation. You gave it a high score. Yeah, Poor Poor, Fiddle, uh, poor, poor Pitiful Me is third because of Jeff's high score. Uh, fourth ends up being Carmelita and fifth is mama couldn't be persuaded. Well, that must be my high score too, huh? So, yeah. So you, um, you had a lot of bearing on our top five, Jeff. Uh, sorry, or you're welcome. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what. So I'm, I'm going to make an executive decision, Rocky. Here we go. I'm going to change. Are, are you making listeners listen to you do math again? I am. I love it. I am. It's such great radio. I such am. great radio. Here, here we go. So I just changed my French inhaler um, uh, score to an eight instead of uh, a seven. And now we're tied for fifth with a average score of 6.33 for French inhaler to get us to that in into the top five. So oh, yeah. that's I'm going to finish this. I'm going to finish this. On you. I'm going to finish this episode under protest. Um, I would like the league. <laughs> is that allowed? To what he just did? I, I, don't know, I, I would like the, the league to review this episode and the tape uh, so that uh, guess who's guess who's the commissioner? 
I am. I don't like this. I, I don't just like made the thing. rules. Screw you, Jeff. You don't mess with the commission. No. Screw I feel you. like it's rigged. I feel like this is rigged a lot like many of our elections. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't feel good about what I'm participating in anymore. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's a really good it's a really good album. I'm glad we got a chance to yeah. to work on it um and listen to it again. Um it would have been easier to, uh, to dive in for me to excitable boy, so I'm glad I I got uh, pushed into this this area instead because I I went back and listened to an album that I haven't listened to a, a, as much because I have my favorite albums. Yeah. Yeah, All man, right. this is great. I enjoyed talking about it, man. This is one of my favorite albums, so and you guys taught me some stuff, so now I, I walked right. away learning some stuff too. More than just the Bill and Will thing, right? <laughs> well, now I know that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. My name William. I know I can call him hey. Bill. And he hey, there's like, another. What the hell are you talking about? There's another one that shouldn't <laughs> freak you out when um when uh someone is going by Ed or Eddie. Their name might be Edward. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't. Are you sure? Because <laughs> I got a friend named Edward, man. I'll but here's the Edward. one that's here's the one that's Some weird people don't to like me. that though. No, no, you shouldn't just like foist it on them. You gotta, you gotta ask and let them know what they want to be called. Yeah. The one that's weird to me is when you get it's it's Edward to Teddy, right? Isn't that it doesn't it doesn't Ted? No, Ted is supposed to be Theodore. Theodore, yeah. That's no, but there's one that's really weird, and I'm trying to remember which one it what it is. There's one that doesn't make any sense when someone says it's short for something. You're like, what? Are you kidding me? Uh, uh, I know. think Ted Kennedy was Edward Kennedy. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. You you know I, that you know that everybody has just stopped listening to this podcast. They they stopped listening when you when you started doing math. No, they, they did not listening. because they, they knew all, that I was trying to help. I was trying to help Carmelita. So you might yeah. I don't know. I don't know if the nicknames thing worked out the way. Or I French hoped. French inhaler. That's what I meant. French inhaler. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Did we cover it? Did we did we miss anything here? I don't think so. No, um, I don't think so either. If you have any, if you have any California listeners uh, in any in like LA area, um, I would plug that I'm doing New Year's Eve shows in Valencia. So uh, you can okay. follow me on at Jeff Makes Jokes on Instagram, and you'll find out where that's at. Perfect. I've got New Year's Eve gigs. And then Rocky, you, where can people find you? Like on the internet, on the interwebs. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook, um, Twitter. Even though I never use it, I'd say Instagram, and Facebook, man. Okay, all right. And then we were just uh, talking about our we were talking about our disdain for Twitter before you got on, Rocky. I don't I like don't, it, man. I, never I had. I, I have I one, either. but I don't use it. I don't like it either. Yeah, I don't enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so, so Rocky, last question. Uh, and I threw this out to Lily, which is why we we got connected. So who do you know that I don't know who'd want to join us on the podcast to revisit one of their favorite records? I would say Ravon Pettis. Okay. I'm not familiar with that name, so we'll, we'll, we'll chat offline. Yeah. All right, cool. So as a reminder, you can find all of our happenings on our Facebook page for the Records Revisited podcast. And yes, I am on that evil Twitter at podcast records you can find us on instagram as well find all of our old episodes on apple Podcasts, Castbox, stitcher iheart media and you can go to records revisited podcast you can listen online there as well on all those platforms please go subscribe rate or review us so thanks for listening please go support the arts go to a live show buy a t-shirt of the band 
provided that they actually do have, you know, XL shirts. I'm talking to you, <laughs> Lily. Uh, <laughs> buy a record, visit a record store, and not just on Record Store Day. We are Records Revisited, and we are out. out. <laughs>